let's see. Maybe one of... I'm really not even sure where to begin. Well, I just hi know there. I need some sort of protection. Hi there! Oh, hi oh. there! Uh, you hi. look like a discerning young gentleman. If I say so myself, why don't you step right up here and let me tell you what's going on. My name is Gundan, and we are here to tell you to sell you some kind, some sort of guns. I call them Gundans myself. They're named after me. My name is Gundan. What can I do to get you Gundan in your pocket right today, sir? Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, new uh, at guns. I just figured I'd need some protection for my family. Well, sure. The most important thing to do is get protection for your family, and what you can't do better than right here is this beautiful Gundam pistol right here. We got a snub, we got a we got a twelve round magazine here. We got a snub nose for a quick draw. What can I do? Can we sign you up for something today? So I'm not even sure really where to begin. Um, what sort of gun do you think I should get? Well, let me, let me tell you here, sir. You seem like the kind of man who likes to find things in life. Who wants to not, not, who will spare no expense in getting what he thinks is best for him and his family. Let mm-hmm. me go ahead and get you one of these Gundams right here. This one is our Model XG7, and it is quite a beauty. You can see right here. It's got about twenty stories high and has a laser rifle mounted right in the chest plate. Right in the chest plate. You don't got to reload nothing. It's like solar power. It's the way of the future. What can I do to get you this Gundam right today? Why don't you sign on the bottom line? Well, I, I like the solar power. I was thinking something. Uh, smaller though i'm just defending you know sm- small home um you know maybe like a like a handgun or uh convertible gun dan for the man in charge we got the man in charge right here we got it you can see that very nice fine red paint job as well as 20 ton hammers that come out extend right out of the elbows no need to mu- no must no fuss no need to reload that is good to go for 20 year warranty get you this warranty right here it's good for any kind of problem you might have you got a uh, military invasion you got an evil overlord dictator you got a property dispute about your lawn you got an argument with your wife any of these problems and more will be solved by this gun dan right here what can we do to get to you today uh, sir, I, I I think if if I want to defend myself at a distance, shouldn't I have something with range? Why this looks like it's built for hand to hand combat with other giant gun gun dams. <laughs> well, you seem like the type, of sir, that you got to wake up right early in the day to be able to pull one over, and I'm not going to try to pull one over on you, no, sir, no doubt about it. We're going to get you this gun dam right here. Go ahead and step to the side model. This is our newest, our newest Chrome X twenty seven ninety nine six four G blue green marigold, and what do you know? And it's Ready to go right now. It's a long range Gundam to get off, drop on all the other Gundams. There really is nothing like getting the best, uh, the, the best gun on the, Gundam on the market now that the market's so flooded because we got all the regulations cut down by the parliament to pass the savings on to you, my good sir. Go ahead and get this number one Gundam right for you and your family. Get it right now. Make sure no one gets the drop on you, tries to assassinate you because you might be the president or something else. Is that thing crushing a tank? That right there is a Fred tank and it is no match for the Gundam. Are you an Andy Daly character? (laughs) (laughs) It kind of sounds like it. (laughs) It really feels like it. Uh, did we do enough? I actually, (laughs) I think we did. I think you you really topped yourself on that one. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, the media will have you believe that these Gundams are only for a certain number of individuals, maybe only five teenagers a year allowed to possess a Gundam, but don't let them tell you otherwise. Don't let them tell you anything, sir. They're lying cheaters, and they work for the parliament, and you don't want anything to do with that. You just want to oh, have no, I... Second Amendment rights and get yourself a Gundam so you can so you can use it uh, how... Uh... <laughs> Oh no! I I would uh, I wouldn't let my teenager use this. I, I would keep it locked up in a safe. <laughs> well, it just so happens we're doing a double deal on Gundans and Frank safes. <laughs> Frank safe. My good friend Frank safe will take care of that right here for you, sir. <laughs> You're cutting it up. You can figure it out. <laughs> There's nothing that a man can say to that. <laughs> <laughs> it just so naturally tapers off. <laughs> I got your Frank safe for you. It's not this big, this big. It's the Frank safe for you. What do I got to do? <laughs> I honestly don't know where I'm pulling that character from. <laughs> well done. Thanks. I feel like I was a Jim Carrey villain or something. Uh, yeah, we're using that. Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. I, I feel like car salesman is like the better choice for... For you as a character so i'm <laughs> a little surprised that i was able to do it oh well i'm tired you see right well no, i'm pretty I, tired <laughs> maybe it's because i'm tired that i'm able to do it uh it's it's weird it certainly is weird it certainly is weird sir my brain is bogged down with all the political machinations and plot that like I'm still trying to make sense of it all, and I don't really have space for anything Well, if your else. brain is bogged down, go ahead and get yourself a stack of bog pogs right over that side table. It comes with free with every purchase. Now, sir, I can see you trying to sell me something, and let me tell you, <laughs> if you're trying to sell somebody something, you want to sell, have this something-selling machine right here. It's a something-selling 7,000, 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> something-selling machine is only a dollar. Step right up. <laughs> dollar for Step you. Step right up. Give me a dollar. Well, that was a, that was a song, right? I'm not crazy. Step right up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember Ian showed me that, and I couldn't get it out of my head for months. <laughs> it sticks in there. It's got that groove. It really does. Step right up. It's got that wild beat. I Just like I, wild beat communication. I appreciate a song that relies that heavily on the bass line. Aye. Yep. Ben. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And my name is Gundan, and we are here to talk about <laughs> cartoons once again. Uh, this is the podcast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults, and occasionally anime. And today, Zane, what are we selling you, good sir? We're selling you the Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. That's right. You wandered over to the Gundam Wing convention, uh, Gun the Gundan Wing of the Convention Center. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, uh, the carton cast can only be assembled in space. <laughs> in space only you can uh only only you can stop forest fires now ben you're really yours. gonna hate me but once you get into the deep lore of this show uh, everything starts to fit into place uh, oh man i mean it's big O all over again like <laughs> you know we okay so let's 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 drop it from the top sit down audience <laughs> yeah this we got gonna, a lot to get through there's here there's gonna be it's gonna be a whole thing uh, Do you have your notebook ready? I'm gonna <laughs> go through this one. <laughs> I got my flash. I got my Gundam Wing flashcards in front of me. The story will be read once for you to listen, and then once for you to answer questions as you listen. It's it's like Teletubbies. You have to show it twice because you, your both senses can't really focus on it at the same time. No, no. You have to first see it with vision, and then with your extrasensory perception. I believe in the first Gundam that was actually a thing, like psychics. Yeah, because the Minorfsky particles uh, made it impossible to use long-range telecommunications. Oh no, you looked it up. 
You see, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's start from mech genre, and we can get there. Right. So this show is Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, based on the original Mobile Suit Gundam, which began in 1979 and had a, a whole bunch of uh, uh, sequel series. Mobile Suit Gundam Wing ran in 1995 to 1996 in Japan, and then in 2000 on Cartoon Network in the U.S. on the uh, Toonami block, which is where a lot of American viewers saw it. And... There's a ton of spinoffs and sequels for in the Gundam series. Um, this one has its own sort of continuity, so it's actually a pretty good place to start. Yeah, and we've dealt with mech anime before, uh, and, and like other mech anime, um, such as Big O, this one was actually not a huge success in Japan. My guess is that they just had more of it available to them, but in the United States at the time with Toonami, there weren't very many outlets for this precise weird thing. And so it really captured a lot of the imaginations of the kids at the time, which is, you know, it happened with Big O, it happened with this one. Um, Yeah. And and it it holds to a kind of a formula. Like, I feel like a lot of the mech anime coming out of Japan at that time looked pretty similar. Right, because they were all coming based off. So this was the beginning of the real robot subgenre. Um to remind everyone, we've dealt with this before. Uh, mech genre can largely be uh, can can broadly be sectioned into real robot, which deals with machines that are all in universe explained with no supernatural elements, and super robot that requires a little bit more to grease the wheels, like a megazord. Mm-hmm. And it was lauded at the time as a series which dealt with uh, political ramifications of having awesome giant robots. Um, and focus more on the drama. And so it and other shows sort of made this uh, more popular. Um, Wing popularized it in the West, as we said. Um, and because it's considered, you know, formulaic and repetitive of the other Gundam series, um, we can appreciate it as emblematic of the series as a whole, even though, as you say, in Japan, it wasn't quite as popular for those same reasons. Because it's something mm. they had seen before. But for us, it's the perfect cap encapsulation. Yeah, and... uh you know, the, I I have a lot of, you know, I like a big giant robot. Uh, I like Gurren Lagann. Oh a lot. sure, I loved the big O. I loved the big O and the big O from Big O specifically. Um, <laughs> I love that it was the big O, and that the show wouldn't stop telling us that. Yeah, and, and like if you take the giant robot away, all that's left in Power Rangers is a weird PSA with. Um, somebody who would later go on to be mean to Billy and uh, homophobic to Billy and do MMA, um, which is not much. Oh, and I guess like a ghost and a robot living in the desert. But, you know, I like a big robot, which is why this show doing more of the political side and like the ramifications of having a super weapon in kind of a Mega Man sort of way is like pretty interesting the fact that they have a giant robot and don't focus on it very much is pretty neat yeah it's a tool and it's used in this show as the really good robots are used by the underdogs and it evens the scales it's like if a um it's kind of like you can imagine geopolitics if a really low like unimportant country was the only one with nuclear weapons I mean, it is a lot like Power Rangers, you know, Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa have infinite monsters, but all you really need is one super good one. One It's, um, oh gosh, I feel like this happens a lot where like the underdog 
where there's just like one against many. I mean, that's like a very romantic idea. That's a very justice oriented framework for a story. So you do mm-hmm. see it a lot, especially in these 90, 90s era anime. <laughs> right. And of course, this especially is especially since like mech the reason for mechs is like in, in japan mechs are marketed marketed not as tools but as machines of justice machines of justice and also toys that can get you big money you got so me there. these things are beautiful uh they're bright and colorful they have unique weapons and you can see them slicing through like hundreds of these like just green gi joe-ish robots i mean they're basically ninja turtles if they were robots yeah and this- they, they're you know they're colorful and they are <laughs> and are distinct from each this, other so this you can get the whole entry, set this entry in the series came after things like voltron and power rangers so that inspiration that like five-man group uh each with its own like specialty each with its own colorful thing and they team up um that was very much already in the public awareness by this point they, they figured out a formula that worked by then it's like making Marv- marvel movies now <laughs> like you just couldn't kind of go wrong with mech anime back then at least to and- western audiences and before we get into it, Ben, did it work? Kinda. <laughs> like, parts of it, certainly. Yeah, yeah, it depends on what you focus on. Uh, if I and- was watching an episode of this every day because nothing else is on, I'd, I'd get be- pretty into it. Yeah, me too. If this was my only mech anime ever, uh-huh. I would probably watch it religiously. If I was watching this on Toonami right after Dragon Ball Z, like, I'm right there. Yeah, and and you know I, yeah, well, well said. I, uh, I have although, no more to add to that. Apparently, uh, on Toonami, Gundam Wing was broadcast in two different ways. During the day, they put out an edited version, and then the uncut was the grittier one was uh, Toonami after midnight. How edited was it? Because the one that I saw didn't seem to shy away from much. No, it, I mean, maybe a little bit of the, like you don't see blood usually. Um, I think just I some of the concepts. The, I must have got the After Dark version because I definitely saw blood. You have characters constantly telling each other they're going to murder them. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like the main, like the main good guy, the main constantly good guy's like, th- threatening, threatening murder to that's the main. So weird <laughs> to someone who fell in love with him. He's such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's not great. Uh, but in any case, um. I think that this is like a pretty good anime, a pretty good mech anime as a kind of a general, um, like if we're going to look at one from that generation, this is the one to look at. Yeah. And this one's, this one's good on the whole. And if you're not into mech anime at all, you can enjoy just the politics of it. I think it's time for me to just come to terms with the fact that I don't like mech anime. (laughs) I, I'm kind of leaning toward that as well. A a mech anime has to be pretty exceptional if it's going to catch me. Uh-huh. And this one caught me in ways that were not mech. Yeah, and specifically, is- I think that there's a good amount of this that is more of a like a subgenre that I'm only sort of aware of, which is a military anime. Right. Which, uh, so, which is why between- it sometimes reminds me of things like Black Lagoon or Full Metal Panic. And part of it is just when it came out. So mid '90s, um, you know, a lot of the effects and graphics of it are not super good by today's standard. Um, and it's a bit slow. And, you know, if I don't have that high-octane explosion fighting to kind of keep me going, the rest of it's, like, military drama that I don't understand and soap opera that I don't care about. And also, like, the mechs just are not that impressive. I, I don't know if you agree with me there. Like, they're they're good. They're clearly better than everything else. And they're, you know, they're shiny. 
They're colorful. They're, they're but impressive I'm used in the way. More. They're impressive in the way that a samurai who like takes out his sword, does one slash, and the other guy gets cut in half. He's impressive conceptually, not yeah, to watch. Yeah, but, but like. I was in a mech anime. I'm not looking for you know, guy. Yeah, I'm not looking for kung fu master hitting the other guy in the chest and the other guy falling down dead. Right. I am looking for like punch dodge. I, parry, I'm looking for I'm flip. looking for uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, <laughs> you know, diving from the ropes with a you know, given the stunner. And they're kind of not doing that. They're kind of uh, you know, guerrilla warfareing it. Because Which, they're doing the guerrilla warfare, I think that they're trying for a serious tone, and serious tone doesn't work for things like Big O, or Megas XLR, or Gurren Logon. Anything with giant, really, like, ostentatious robots would not work in this show. But those are the kind of robots I like. And I, I think the guerrilla warfare would work better if I understood, like, what was going on. Yeah. Like, to me, that was the big thing, where, like, so... This show has a plot, and you kind of need to watch each episode in order oh, to understand Oh, God, it. does it ever have a plot? I just jumped ahead, uh, you know, t- toward one of the last episodes, and I'm like, I'm following this exactly as well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, this, like, this was a thing in Big O, too, is we just couldn't figure out what was going on. Audience, I watched three episodes, didn't understand it, read a summary, and then I'm like, Oh, okay. That's what's going on. So we will give you a rough outline before we get into like characters and all that. It, it's not um, helped by the fact that the dub is not very good. See, I watched uh, the sub for this one. I couldn't actually find the dub anywhere. Well, the subtitles, I assume, are the same words as in the dub. Similar words. My understanding of the difference is like the dub is um, like some performances are better and some are just, like, way, way worse. Like, the grunts aren't paid attention to. The Japanese, I think, has a more subtle performance. They got someone in-house for those, absolutely. Like, they got their, they got the guy on tech support to come in and voice all of the other military dudes. Duh. Who just don't matter. Why, Miss Relena? <laughs> I'm not even j- joking. Like, it's, it's pretty bad, Zane. On the other hand, in the Japanese, I couldn't really tell any characters apart by voice. Yeah, I, I at least did notice a few voice actors that I liked. And, in, and there in were the so dub. many characters, and we spent so little time with any of them at a time that I kind of didn't get attached to them, which was well, another flaw. Well, well, let's get started on the characters. Well, let's get started in explaining what's going on. Because oh, we need yeah, this thing has a plot that grounding. we have to actually try to explain. Zane, I think f- you're going to do better than me here. In the future, this is completely unrelated from other Gundam shows. Earth is unified and has space colonies... The space colonies don't like being unified, so it's like Firefly. I was about to say, it's exactly the plot of Firefly up to this point. The army of the United Earth Sphere Alliance is augmented by giant robots from the corporation Oz, which stands for Organization of the Zodiac, so everything's named after Zodiac stuff. Oh, and, Zane. That, yeah, okay. theming. That's why. That's why all the nonsense. Send in the Leo units. Send in the crabs. Send in the cancer crabs. Yeah, cancer. Pisces. At at some point, the Earth Alliance killed a guy named Hero, who was a martyr for the colonies, and several scientists from Oz were like, maybe we're the baddies. (laughs) Uh, They turn traitor, 
They yep. made five super robots called Gundams and trained five super children to pilot them and sent them to Earth disguised as meteors. They didn't coordinate this with any of the others for some reason. <laughs> they don't know who they are when they first meet. <laughs> they have no They're like, clue. oh, that's an enemy because he's also got a giant robot. <laughs> Nine episodes in, they haven't all come together and said like, okay, this is what we're all doing, right? We're all agreed. They just like... They all meet each other by happenstance, and then two of them go to school together. It's like it's yeah. like <laughs> and be and because Hero is such an asshole. And I kept by the way, watching you may have for that you may have gotten confused because Zane said that Hero was martyred. This is somebody else with the exact same name. It's a, it's a pseudonym. Ben. It's not his real name, right? They he picked the name on... of the martyr that started the whole war, and now and now what? Why are they in high school? I I watched the first two episodes. So I got all of the context available for why they're in high school, but I did not know why they were in high school. Right. Uh, unclear. It, it's super unclear. And the fact that they, they don't know who each other are for nine episodes, th- like it should just tell you, audience, how much they don't focus on them. Uh-huh. They show it, up. They show up a good half of the time, but they're not the instigators of the plot. They're the pawns. Right. They're fighting this... Like, like we said, guerrilla warfare and like almost like anarchist sort of stuff. But it's clear they're being controlled and nobody cares. Yeah, it, it's like what if a what if a government was in charge of Project Mayhem? <clears throat> here's here's how I took it. Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics again recently. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. The first time you go through the game. There's so many names and locations, factions and ideas, even when you know your current mission, which is go to place, kill them, save them. You know, it's the same thing in this show. Oh, they're blowing this up to, you know, frame whoever. Okay, got it. But the greater context takes multiple playthroughs. Like, you got to do some outside reading. You've got to, like, write things down. Like, oh, that guy who showed up several episodes ago, this is why he was doing that. And so, like... When you have a deeper understanding of what's going on, it gets way better. But I do not have the patience for that here. If if you don't mind a digression. Please. I think that this is a facet of video games and cartoons becoming much more mainstream. Is that people putting them out recognize that the audience is broad enough that they will need a broad message. That they will need instructions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people shit on modern games a lot for spelling everything out with you. S- some of those games are complex enough to warrant it, you know? Right. Maybe not all of it, but the 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 idea there is that if you want the return on your investment, you need to make this appeal to as many people as possible. And I think that that holds true for, for something like Dragon Age as opposed to Final Fantasy Tactics. In Dragon Age, you can get by without doing extra, you know, without doing a research, like a term paper. Right. It, like everything that you need to know will be brought to you. In Final Fantasy Tactics, you have to search it out. Contra like if so if we if we jump that analogy bridge over to Gundam Wing, um what's a modern mech anime? Um I really don't know actually. Probably another Gundam. Uh, I'm going to go with um <laughs> let, I'm going to do Black Lagoon cuz that's the most similar one that I've seen recently. Okay. It's a I, have, I haven't seen it, thing. so you'll have to do the bulk of that comparison. That's okay. Uh, or or Full Metal Panic is actually probably better because they also have giant robots. But the plot is never so complex that you can't follow it. 
And I think it's because it was produced later at a time when they realized that their markets were bigger than they previously than they previously thought. Yeah, yeah. You know that uh, the people who are going to watch this for, you know, on a surface level, they'll be fine. And the really hardcore fans will put in the work to understand, you know, exactly what you're trying to do. Right. Like, I can go see, like, the, you know, I, I, I can go see the Justice League movie, um, but the comics will be there for, you know, you. Uh-huh. If if you if you want to go further, the kind kind of the extended universe will provide. If you don't, everything that you need is right here, and that that's not true for this show, which makes it pretty hard to follow. So let me let me try and and put this in terms of the show itself. Sure. So like the plot beats of a given episode are fine, but there's no context for it. So one time we see an explosion. And the the Alliance sphere, which I'm taking to be the bad guys, although we'll get into that later, um, they look concerned and they say, okay, we're sending in a Taurus class mech. Sounds um, real bad. And, I, and I, I, I don't know why that explosion happened. Like, Hue threw a bomb into a building. I, I, I get that. Uh, yeah, who? Okay. Uh, I get that. Like, he, that, like, that's a target. I don't know why he threw it there. I don't know why the Taurus mechs were used instead of something else. Like, I don't have context. There's no explicit framework for any of these events. I can follow like, oh, he threw a bomb. They're upset. Now they're going to fight. Why did any of that happen? It's tricky because I think the best part of the show is the fact that there is so much story. But I just I could I wasn't willing to I wasn't willing to commit. Mm -hmm. So I think that I actually missed out on the better part of this show just because i i had like a time crunch and i just couldn't focus enough for it but it, i it think requires that there, a lot of of effort there probably is very good story there it does seem pretty intentional it just is not really thoughtfully arranged on a collage right like the the direction was bad direction i think is really what's missing here mm-hmm because connecting uh, all these threads is is absolutely necessary. Yeah, and, and I I couldn't get there. And if you can't get there, there's not a lot else in that the show in favor of the show. Like there's some good stuff, but mm-hmm. you're missing the best part of it if you do what we did, which is approach it casually. I think is fair to say. Right. I this you either have to really want to watch it or grow up with it. You gotta want it. Urgh. Well, uh, Zane, what do you say we get into some of the uh, mon- uh, some some of the harder something, facts? About well, something the show. that's just easier to grab onto. Let, which let's is the- peg down the specifics. Yeah. So as far can I can t- as far as I can tell, there are three characters who matter. Uh huh. I think that there's probably like twenty characters who are in the plot, but there's three that really kind of stick out front and center. Uh, the first of which is Hiro Yui. Yeah, Hiro Yoi or Yui. Um, the a lot of the characters have this um, number theme associated with them. Mm. Um, so this is more obvious, like like Naruto. Du- well, like Duo is clearly two. Quatre is four. Um, Zex oh, is just yeah. German for six. Man, Zex is something. Um, all the way up to to tra- Triste Triste. Tristan uh, from Yu-Gi-Oh! Who's uh, 13. I, no. I don't know any of these people. Uh, I use Zex <laughs> and that's it. Um, yeah, we can we can start with Hero. Um, 
He's a real hard ass and a real jerk ass, and he is pretty much the exact same thing as the main character in Full Metal Panic. When you take a, a young boy and train him, and to we all hate, do it, and train him to hate the Alliance and make him a like superhuman. He's a child soldier. He is a child soldier. That is what he lives for. That is all he understands. He right. receives like, like. Relena, who's one of the characters, reaches out to him and tries to form an emotional bond, and he's just having none of it. Have you ever seen Full Metal Panic? Uh, is that different from Full Metal Jacket? It slightly. Is it different from Full Metal Alchemist? Yes. I haven't seen any Full Metals. None. Uh, I saw the movie. Which movie? The one where the guy yells at me. Oh yeah, Ro- Ro- Roger Liermi. That's right. I, this is the second time today I've had a conversation about him. <laughs> I assume you bring it up a lot. I wish I did. I wish I brought it up more. He's a really fun a- a- actor on the on the stage. He's just really really big personality. Uh, no, it is not those. Uh, that is Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Panic is a half serious military drama, half uh, high school kind of slice of life nonsense is this like anime? the one is this like the anime where the girls are actually nazis and the kind and of like or is it like the game where the girls are actually tanks and you have romantic entanglements with the tanks i think that's fire emblem yeah that sounds I right could, i could be wrong but uh full metal panic has this exact character as the main guy and uh i've always liked him a lot because they really do draw attention to the fact that he is not well adjusted um, mm-hmm. In Full Metal Panic, like he, you know, his way of solving a dispute in class about copying off of someone's homework is to bring a grenade. You know, you know that kind of thing, <laughs> right? Uh, th- this isn't quite that far gone, but it's close. Like he, he is, his interests are all militaristic. He's very clearly a child soldier and lacks empathy for really anyone. It's it's not part of his mission. He's determined. All of the all of the main the main five who are like our hero Gundam pilots each have like a personality trait, and maybe I, maybe they develop more. But at least like for a good long while at the beginning, I got like one or two traits. Yeah, I I don't think that they're very well developed at all. Um, but you know, I I didn't see very much of it. It's possible that people start calling him out on his you know, tendencies not to put other people's feelings into consideration or whatever. Um, I didn't see any of it in the smattering of episodes I watched, and I'd be well, I'd be kind of surprised if it showed up. Well, I liked some of their interactions, you know, because, you know, he's determined, whereas Duo is much more rambunctious, and so he kind of needles him, and, and there's some fun there. Or Troa is more melancholy, and so you get him, like worrying and and feeling a little down whereas heroes like no come on we got to do this we got the mission their personalities are distinct but i found myself pretty unable to actually nail any of them down right they're not very fleshed out yeah um i actually found this is this is part of the problem that i have with the plot because um i don't want these guys to be my heroes he's not really my hero i liked relena a lot but uh, relena's great relena's pretty good and I love I love uh, Lieutenant Zex. <laughs> so that's okay. Can we talk about Lieutenant Zex? I kind of yes, actually please. I'm so with done him. with uh, with all of the Rangers, with all the we'll, Power Rangers. We'll, we'll talk about them as plot requires, but honestly, there's not much there. Yeah. Um, Lieutenant Zex is kind of our first named guy that we meet. Yeah. He's our viewpoint for the army, and I'm like, 
why do the colonies hate the army? This guy's awesome. And then I realized that it's because he's part of the specials, which is like military adjacent, but he's also in Oz, which is like, uh, like Oz sometimes pretends to be the specials to get away with their coup. And like, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel <laughs> when I see this guy. Cause I think he's great. And I don't think I'm supposed to think he's great. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, He's pretty great. I, I'm pretty into him. Like, uh, if you only watched the first episode, why would you think the Alliance is the enemy? I I don't know, man. Like, I mean, he he's clearly menacing. Like, he's he's clearly got a he's got like a Phantom of the Opera kind of thing going on in that he's got a facial deformity, so he wears a giant hawk mask, which is wait, pretty, does he have a great. deformity? I thought he just wanted to look baller. Uh, that's his deformity. Is <laughs> he's too beautiful for he's words. too beautiful this world <laughs> oh man ulysses was just telling me apparently in the uh super mario you know how um i, I the, the the new smash game uh apparently a bunch of people are making jokes about bowsette mm-hmm. and how like there's a crown that is an item now in the mario verse that if you put it on it turns you into a princess right to prepare for the hive <laughs> yeah yeah to, yes <laughs> to help them grow the brood and uh it, apparently there was like a comic floating around which he told me about which uh you know it shows each of the mario characters putting on the crown becoming a princess like wario princess yoshi princess he gets to waluigi and nothing happens <laughs> and like it zooms in and he's smiling and it says waluigi is already a princess <laughs> that's great is already a beautiful princess uh so um yeah so zex is a beautiful princess apparently he's known as the lightning baron <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see any lightning bird. I saw a tall goose. Oh, he pilots the tall goose. Yeah, t- tall tall goose is a pretty great name, which I, is a prototype and old, but also better. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he really feels like the good guy. He feels well, like a better character than everyone else. He's he's genteel. So when you see the military, quote unquote, it's a bunch of grunts, you know, in a battleship or in like the sort of you know stormtrooper like gundams and they're much less sympathetic this guy feels like a like a really classy like dueling swords at dawn kind of guy yeah he feels more like um miles edgeworth from the phoenix ride games than an actual like bad guy he feels like an honorable or or like viral from uh gurren lagan like he's he's an honorable rival he has the luxury of being honorable because he's not a common soldier in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out later that he's like secretly uh, like the last lineage of the Peacecrafts, which is a line of <laughs> which is pacifists. another fucking faction. And well, here's the thing: because Relina is also a Peacecraft, and they kept the secret from both of them, and then later they become like brother sister, take over the world, but by accident. It... Yeah, I don't know any of this. Read, read it like you gotta read it none of it's ex- none of it's clear <laughs> i i didn't bother like i don't think that i had the patience for it this time I'm, I'm glad that it exists like that doesn't sound so bad the idea that they're on opposite sides and it's revealed that they're actually on the same side somewhere along mm-hmm. the line that's a neat twist that i think that you could do a lot with in a military drama and and he's the only person i enjoy watching because it's clear that i'm not supposed to know his motivations well i mean it, you do know that he's about duty you know, it, it's very clear that his motivations are duty, not ambition. Well, I don't know, because um, at some point there's a coup and he's like, quote unquote, on the side of, of Oz, uh, but he's not super happy with them. Like He plays his cards very close to the chest. Well, yeah, but I, I got the feeling like he was for the greater good sort of machinations. Mm-hmm. 
And he is very devious, which makes him compelling. Uh, I remember one time he, he negotiates with a colleague to repair their submarine, and in return, he'll lend them two mobile suits. But the kicker is, there's nothing wrong with his submarine. He just needed access to information that the other guy has. <laughs> so he's like setting up this drop where he doesn't actually need the thing that they'd be dropping off. Which is very, that's a very cool way to get more information out of your supposed allies if you don't trust them. And that's a great scene where you have to put in a bit of effort to understand what's going on. And it doesn't actually pay off in terms of understanding the greater context of what's happening. Well, no, it doesn't. But (laughs) you don't need to understand. Like, that bit is valuable in and of itself in terms Mm -hmm. of tone. It tells you what kind of person this is. And when you do put in the effort to get that out of the story, you're paid off. Which is why Mm -hmm. I feel like this story is probably actually really good. I I just don't have the patience for it. (laughs) Yeah, I I just uh, just like that he is uh, secretive and it, he plays off like he is the most fully fleshed out character like you see him having a little bit of a flirtatious romance with another character but clearly he's you know teasing her showing like oh yeah i am interested but also like oh the mission comes first it he sort of reminds me of dirk from like he can uh, play it he sort of reminds me of dirk from the second sons trilogy yeah, like he's got several he's, games going at he's once. He's got several games. He's like publicly on the bad side. But like <laughs> even the bad guys don't really believe he's on the bad side, but that's no one I can thought. prove that's, anything. That's why I'm like why is why are these the bad guys? He's awesome. Well, I mean, okay, and to be honest, he's just he's just awfully cute. I mean, <sighs> his dress, his garb is so great. It's like a it's like a nut he's like in a nutcracker uniform with a big hawk mask and his voice is like honey he's got that quiet confidence where he doesn't need to like brag to show that he's the coolest guy in the room no it's not on his list of priorities to show that he's cool which makes him very cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so he's great relena i was a character i liked initially and didn't see very much of that i had a context for okay so we start off relena and her father um Darlian are in a ship. Darlian's coming to Earth. He realizes that Operation Meteor has taken place. Relina um, is enrolled at a high school and has go, you know goes to various fancy oh, balls. But she, oh man, it's so it's like the preppiest high school that ever prepped to prep. <laughs> it was it's amazing. They like oh, man. horseback riding lessons and balls and school it, uniforms that you know if you put them on too fast, it cuts your it like opens a vein because of how sharp the sides are. <laughs> Yeah, and like when her uh, father dies, um, she's still expected to be at like high class parties or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but her father dies. There's a coup. She barely survives, and her father reveals that he, that she's actually a member of the Peace Crafts, um, and she has this secret connection with Hero. Like, there's all this other sure. depth and stuff. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It's like, but she's also a badass. Yeah, I, I, I can you give me some moments that she's a badass in? Because I got the impression that she was cool, and I didn't get any moments for it. And I really wanted moments. Hero is the new kid at school, mm-hmm. and she welcomes him, and he just gets in real close and whispers and tells her, "I'm going to kill you." <laughs> and then later, such a dick. She sees him at a distance and says, "Hey, I'm right over here. You're gonna kill me." And it's like, <laughs> okay, I know you're not going to kill me. It was pretty rad. Um, 
I, I was I, a little think, worried I about think... her at first, though, because like she seemed a little. So in one of the first episodes, uh, Hero takes takes a bullet for some reason. Like he, right. he's he's doing some military <laughs> mission. We don't really know much about it. Something happened. Re- Relena goes up to like confront him about what he's doing because it seems shady, and he pulls a gun on her and threatens to kill her, and then gets shot by a third party. And then Relena immediately goes to defend Hero. Yeah, and I'm like. Oh no! It's just another pristine waifu. Oh no! No, I kind of like that. And then the next episode, she's back. You know, at one of the fancy balls, like she's getting into mischief while maintaining her, while maintaining her innocent socialite reputation. She's like Batman. It does seem like she has kind of a double life thing going. And I don't know what it says about this show that. I found it overwhelmingly confusing, and yet the characters that I understood and liked the best were the ones who were keeping secrets and doing much more subtle things. Right. right. It's like I, I don't think it. I don't think the confusion is the problem. I think something else is getting in the way of me enjoying this. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think that part of it is that the characters that are compelling, like this, is a '90s anime, and the characters are not that well really uh fleshed out um mm-hmm. the, you know zex is good relena is good everyone else take a pass it sort of remind me in berserk in that way because i love guts i love casca i love griffith and i love the band of the hawk every faceless noble is just <laughs> interchangeable know, yeah i mean like you know recording their lines on their lunch break there's they don't know their character they weren't told their character they're just reading lines to get the dialogue out the door and that's the way I feel about a lot of these extras. You exist to be murdered by me so that people know I'm cool and dangerous or to sacrifice yourself for me so that I'm sympathetic. I also found a lot of like weaselly military people whose role in life was to be manipulated. And it was just, oh I, I got God. really tired of being able to tell so clearly who they were. There's so many like businessmen in suits talking about how preposterous the recent plan was yeah <laughs> like what's yeah like they're they're like the counter contingency on dune that doesn't want to believe that they can actually like change the atmosphere of dune they're just like there's just no way <laughs> they'll never get up here in our space mansion with their crude mechs <laughs> what the <laughs> Tony Stark built this mech in a cave. (laughs) Tony Stark, man, you're on a real stain kick. I really am. I love that name. I love that character. Obadiah Stain is great. Great, great, great. (laughs) Uh, I I don't really have anything else to say about characters, unless you wanted to talk about the Gundams. Yeah. So the idea behind the Gundams is, although they're not the coolest, or, or although they're not the most recent. Uh, or high-tech uh, machines, what they are is made out of this alloy called Gundanium, uh. which um, they can only assemble it in space for a reason I don't entirely recall. But it <laughs> I'm makes sure the physics is there. It makes them much tougher, um, so they're able to withstand battle. So, like, they're slicing through the enemy with, like, a single blade, and they take they can take a lot more damage. Yeah, they're like they're like Scrooge McDuck in that way. They're tougher than the toughies and smarter than the smarties. So the so the physics is there because they've actually done some math to to kind of keep things all connected within this greater Gundam universe. Yeah, so the Monofsky, they being the same nerds that like tell me what the warp drive in Babylon Five does. So the Manovsky particles are everywhere as a result of future technology, and they emit <laughs> low level EMPs at all times. So long range communication 
is slow or hampered except on those big battle cruisers. So you can't have autonomous drones doing your fighting for you. You have to have a pilot and the mobile suit has to match their movement so that you can get the reaction speeds necessary for that close combat. How, how do you feel about all this lore? I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't hate it, but I, <laughs> this is I, like I'm, a Heinlein novel. <laughs> it it kind of feels like The Martian, weirdly. <laughs> One plot point. So here's a great plot point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's all this numbers theming, uh, but there's this thing called zero, which uh, shows up midway, and I didn't actually see it, but they I saw it referenced. The anti-spiral. The zoning and emotional range omitted system. Uh, so this allows direct brain in- interface between the pilot and the Gundam. Which makes for some great scenarios because the pilot can move much faster. It can they can take in more data, but because their brain is overloaded, they hallucinate and then go berserk if That's they can't really handle cool. it. And so Zex and like one other guy can handle like Hero can handle going into zero mode, but other guys sometimes have to, and ah. then they need to be stopped. And like. That's, That's a pretty neat. cool, like, emergent property of the of the self-contained technological limitations they've created. Yeah, that's, don't, that's pretty don't, cool. They just don't really, you know, explain it. It doesn't, so, it doesn't so quite it go So it looks anywhere. like bullshit. Yeah, and that's, like, one of those cool, if you're going to spend so much effort to make things make sense, I want to see your math. Like, I want to see your work, and it seems like they did it, which is cool. Yeah, like, like I, I appreciate them putting that much effort into a consistent world, even if we don't need the world to be consistent. Like that, that bespeaks a care that I don't think was necessary in order to push this out the door. And I'm always going to call that out as being, you know, inspiring. But again, the problem is the conveyance of the information. So like you and I are much more familiar with shonen anime, and there's always an episode or an arc where they explain how everything works, you know, mm-hmm. like. You're super powerful because of this. This channels that energy. Everyone's a specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do that here. This is all in the manual. Yeah, I. And again, like there, it goes back to our kind of first point. Their focus is not the mechs in this mech show. <laughs> right. They're a, they're a tool. They are a tool. They're a tool of other people. Weirdly enough, like not the <laughs> pilots. Um, I, I remember yeah. that there was a uh, there was a. One of the cooler parts that I was privy to is in the first seven episodes, they're being tricked into fighting each other because of the military organizations. And it, it culminates with Hero killing the one, like the leaders of the pacifist regime in the alliance at the behest of the militaristic regime in the alliance so that the alliance can commit to greater warfare than before. I watched those same episodes as well, and a couple more after that. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get any of that. I, I, I skipped to that episode. I was like, "Yep, got it, cool," and then moved on because, like, I knew I wasn't going to get all of the features of it. I, but even, I, I, even on that, even in that little bit, it's pretty cool. I knew they were fighting each other, and after they were tricked, they're like, "Guys, we've been tricked. They, they made us think we were fighting, you know, X when really it was Y, and they're Y, but really they're Z." Mm-hmm. There was just it was just too much for me to juggle, and it, it happened too slowly. It's like Death Note with five people instead of two. Yeah. By the way, uh, you mentioned this um, this theming with numbers. That go anywhere? I don't understand the point. Like, there's nothing dual natured about duo there's nothing like like i don't understand it i it just it's just like an extra thing yeah it doesn't seem like it goes anywhere it just seems like it's a weird naming convention i i don't i don't mind it 
I kind of I kind of do. I, mind I, I felt I felt smart when I was like, oh, duo. oh, we got some numbers but, here. Yeah, okay. What's Troa? Oh, I bet that's three in like Russian or something. Oh, I'm right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like, okay, I wasn't really looking for, uh, you know, a brain teaser in, in this. You <laughs> you're know, not playing Sudoku when you're watching your mech <laughs> in? <laughs> no, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not at Brain Academy when I'm in my giant mech, no. A mech, a mech show where they have to solve a Sudoku to accomplish, uh, you know, to shoot off their laser cannon. And so the villains attack on Friday when the Sudoku puzzle is hardest. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the stoku puzzle are all like civilian buildings and like if you do the wrong thing then you accidentally bulldoze a house that you didn't know was there no it's a legit sudoku puzzle and they're at war with the crossword people of the of the next na- of the neighboring nation oh, yeah or, or the alphanumericons from rick and morty <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> you sunk my battleship <laughs> uh yeah Yep. This so let's let's go into tone and genre because I, I I think that we need to kind of sum up the rest of the of the things that we found out about this show. Mm-hmm. So uh, the yeah. the focus of the show is on the politics and drama, as we said. I felt um a, an actual kind of like a resemblance to Akira, um, uh-huh. in the way that like the mechs are tools of the struggle in the same way psionics are there. Um, if you're not there for politics and drama like you can still enjoy the spectacle but it it it's not nearly as cool it's not nearly as cool and i think you miss the better joke of the show which maybe was unintentional but i took it as a joke which is that the parts the 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 show is self-serious like any good military anime worth its salt Uh, i specifically thought it was a lot like berserk in the golden age arc but at the same time it endorses the dumbest shit and by God, it gets away with it. Okay. Gi- like the think about the, how the Gundam look for a second. They're giant play school painted like candy color painted robots with enormous shoulder pads and laser sides. Like for for what purpose? <laughs> and like eyebrow spikes. And I- eyebrow spikes and just like menacing glares. Yeah, and, it's it's obvious that these were made to be sold as toys. Absolutely. And, and it's kind of like the opposite of Megalith's XLR, which was awesome when it tried to be silly, because we got to see a giant wrestling machine. Mm-hmm. Th- this is silly when it's trying to be awesome, which is, <laughs> which is equally great. Uh, so, so I, I kind of like that mismatch in tone. Um, but, but you know, aside from that, there's not really much to it. It's just kind of a neat quirk of uh, the fact that we are selling toys during our military campaign. Yeah, it's <laughs> well that ooh, that that bespeaks a deeper truth. Yeah, there's some military industrial uh, complex going on. Um, I wish they had uh, given us a better understanding of the like zodiac mechs, because clearly, like, oh, there's a difference between all the different types of uh, you know, the Leo is like the common grunt, and then the Taurus is a slightly stronger version, all the way up to like the Libra, which is an orbital cannon. Right, and I, I also wouldn't have minded if each of the Gundam had kind of a specialty beyond just was piloted by a different personality and individual and had a different weapon. Yeah. Like this is where the opportunity for theming comes from. And it was not used. There's entirely passed over. Like why not have one of them be a scout, like uh, have somebody who doesn't talk a lot and, you know, maybe he is, is not as forthright with a lot of information. Have him be the spy. There's so much opportunity for, there's so much opportunity for theming or symbolism or like 
synecdoche. Like, this could be a great literary show which has people analyzing it, but they're just like, there's more plot we have to cram in here. Uh, honestly, I don't know. Even though if, at that point, if our focus is so much not on the robots, I don't know how much more robot work you really need to do. Like, we didn't even put the evolution points in to get a combination sequence. Like, that's how little this show cares about its mechs. Which, I don't They spend all their time talking about the mechs. Like, I, the I mechs are they... the only opportunity the colonies have to strike back. Or, like, we lost this many mechs and this many lives. Oh, but who cares about that? It, it's it's not that they don't talk about the mechs. Is is that it, the, all, the majority of the time we're not inside of a mech? That's what I mean. That is true. You know, it's, mech, uh, it, when they're talking about the mechs, they could be talking about any kind of thing. They could be talking about an important bridge in the war effort. They uh-huh. could be talking about smallpox that they wanted to inflict upon a, 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 a different population. Man, they why was I also thinking, thinking about, smallpox before you said it? <laughs> they That's be not talk, normal. <laughs> they could be talking about a gold mine that was untapped until recently because of uh, because the snow has melted. Like, they uh-huh. could be talking about any advantage in a war. It just so happens to be mechs. And I think the reason that they focused less on the mechs is for just budget region reasons. Just budget um, region, you know, the budget region of the mech. So <laughs> there's a coin slot at the back of every mech, and this is a metaphor for the military-industrial complex. Yep. Uh, they're made out you, of goldanium cores. <laughs> why are they called Gundams? What is, <laughs> like where does where does that word originate? Um, gun. Okay. I, yeah, I, we got I, gun. I I got gun. And I, like damn, like a damn, like mm, it's a grand damn. <laughs> yeah, or a damn all I know, fine. All I know is that when we were kids, uh, we thought it sounded like condoms, and that was funny. Oh, I didn't think about that. I, I just, I, I kind of. This was the royal we. I, I became aware of this early enough that this became my conception of mech. Like it, it mm-hmm. took the place of the word mech in my mind. Is just oh, it, that's a Gundam. Like I would look at, I would look at things later like Zoids, and I'd be like, "Oh, look at all the Gundam they're tooling around in." You know, th- th- that would be the definition for me. So I, I, I don't liked, know. <laughs> I actually remember liking Zoids a bit better. Yeah, I I remember really, I remember it very distinctly as being a terrible show. So if you want to do that I, at some I, point, I it's up disagree. to you. I'm um, not going to put it on the that, table. But that raises another issue. Uh, wing. Why wing? I like wings. No, no, no. You, I'm not talking about like wings. Wings night. and things. Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> Gundam Wing. So sometimes one of the, one of the Gundams turns into a plane. Yeah, but that's it. It's... Or like the Alliance, they're like the colonies are like the wings of the Earth. I, uh, you know, if it, if we are thinking about it as like political factions, you could think of it in kind of like a right wing sort of sense. Oh, so like these guys are the are the anarchists versus the old uh, military guard. That's, that's the best I can do. It also just might be dubbed too poorly for us to actually get the right word there. In the uh, in the intro sequence, do you have um, like a big like techno remix with somebody saying "Just Wild Beat Communication"? Because <laughs> I've been trying to figure out what that means too. I, I'm not I'm not sure on that one. That's the zero thing that you were talking about. Is you can is you communicate with your robot by just wild beat communication? <laughs> just wild beats. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this naming naming is weird and hard, I assume. Also, um Lagrange points. They oh, yeah. mention them as a plot point, so each of the colonies is at one of the Earth's Lagrange points, which is a stable uh gravitational area between the Earth and the moon, mm-hmm. and they don't explain that ever. Nope. Again, they they have just a ton of work that they don't show, which I appreciate. Right, but like 
like this is pre-internet like pre most people using the internet for this sort of thing like how are people supposed to figure this out uh that's kind of a good point i feel like there must have been a mechanism in place because if you miss an episode of the show I'll, i'll admit you don't need a ton of context for any given thing, but if you really want to piece stuff together, you got to wait for the whole series to come back around. Do you think that was like trying to add an element of mystique to it? Like, you, uh, you know, these answers exist and now we're going to, you know, we're really going to delve in order to get them. And maybe that, maybe that keeps kids on the edge of their seat, their edge of their seats. The, the common answer that I keep coming back to is they knew how to do every part of a good show except tell a story. It's it's really where it falls down is the storytelling. Eh, well, that's not true. There's a couple other parts that I would have changed a bit, too. but it definitely is its fatal flaw. Is yeah, like do Manovsky particles act more like gluons or neutrinos? We don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, that's not really what you meant, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I tend to agree. Uh, is the storytelling is not its best, but what is its best? What what do you like the most? Uh, well... Because it's not really the battles. I, I kind of like the theming. Or not the theming, but like the... I like the tone of it. I like that it was... Uh, I haven't seen a mech show that is this willing to really be down in the trenches with me for military tactics. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what are the repercussions of this military strike? So often do we get a shonen anime where you win <laughs> if you are sufficiently... Uh, clever or sufficiently justice and that's not that's not really how this plot operates is that like you Mm -hmm. know there's a ton of moving parts you're not going to have perfect information and you're not going to know who are your allies and that can be really compelling and if you let that be the part of the show where the intrigue rests where where you're excited to figure out what's going on then you're going to have a better time Mm -hmm. um so I think that that's the best part of the show is that they are willing to throw so much of the attention-seeking uh, facets of the show over to something that isn't actually about the mechs at all. Yeah, and that level of of care and attention to like what's the greater it, it like, almost story felt like they here? wanted to make a different show. <laughs> well, they're they're telling their story obliquely again, like in Final Fantasy Tactics. You're not following the main character. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, like the, or like in saga, we're like, we're following the story of this war through two people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. The way that the storytelling work, like the, the, the way that the story works, um, because the Gundams are very clearly, you know, they can only be made in space. They are clearly emblems of the colonies. They have to consider, you know, casualties. They have to consider PR, um, they can't yeah. go around just destroying cities the way a lot of mechs do. They they have to they have to pass like, uh yeah that's exactly that's exactly right. The anarchist cell have a huge kind of innate advantage in that they don't have to sell an idea to anyone. They have mm-hmm. like in a weird way this show is about the power of a unified people fighting a war as opposed to several powerful individuals yeah shifting power and asymmetric like intrigue um it in 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 a like a game of thrones type way Mm -hmm. like everyone's very wary of everyone else but less cohesive oh i'm not i'm not gonna take sides on that you're gonna get (laughs) people mad that's a bottomless (laughs) fucking pit isn't it (laughs) it's there's always gonna be somebody getting mad 
Yeah. Well, I think that, I think we've pretty well lined out what exactly our, our difficulties with the show were. But uh, what do you say we move into animation and get some of that good old plastic '90s anime? Man, so like so '80s and '90s anime, like '80s Western animation, they used cost saving techniques. Wow, it's real limited. I mean, <sighs> I I I think in anime it's less obvious. It is, because they do a lot more, I think they do a lot more with the camera, and they pay attention a lot more to the character models, if not the movement. And and just detail in general. Yeah, they do, like, more line work, and they, uh, mm. you know, I, I think they also get better special Realistic effects. proportions. Like, when I'm thinking of a special effect from a He-Man cartoon, it's never as good as the fire, like, the explosions in Gundam. And, like, like the way that heroes, um, you know, like, uh, uh his shirt always hangs off of him like on one shoulder to the side like oh there's yeah. a there, like it's he's so not moving anime. there's no he's not moving there's no animation so to speak but like i know exactly what he looks like what that guy looks like when he wears it like that so you know it's something that i noticed in this show and i think it's true for anime at the time in general is that you know they're all cut from the same anime play-doh mold wherein it seems like the models are, are they're positioned in such a way that it conveys an emotion or an intent, even when they're standing still. So, like, mm-hmm. every look is a glare. I did not see a single <laughs> look that wasn't just a glare. Right, because then you can just move the eyes. You don't have to move anything else in the shot. And the eyes are already narrowed. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, so every look is a glare. Every movement is a gesture. And, like, every resting stance is a pose. And and fighting is is a pose. It's lights flashing. It's every yeah. Like, every every dialogue is a battle. It, the it, camera so, moves, so it gives the impression of activity. Just because they're resting, fa- they have very resting action. Fa- they have very action resting faces. Right. They have that dynamic that dynamic um, drawing structure. So He Man, it, it is kind of the definition of dr- dynamic po- like dynamic pose. He Man's very rounded, right? So he's he's kind of at home, just being like big blocky guy standing around. Yeah. Every, and, this is this is the this is where the anime you know spiky hair comes from because it's dynamic because it has those sharp lines that imply movement even though none is happening. Yeah, we we can tell that he's powering up if we you know use the Dragon Ball kind of paradigm there. Yeah, he's glowing up. He's he's glowing a little. They he, glow up so fast. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> like you said with uh, with He Man, remember a few episodes ago we were talking about how Brave Star slouches and that gives him so much more personality mm-hmm. rather than He Man just standing there. And this is like the logical extension of that. Like, what if we did that for every character all the time? And I think anime in general can get away with this a bit more because japanese storytelling is much more about setting it's much more about moment to moment interactions rather than like plot like action to action like you're allowed to sit in things there's a ton of long panning shots i, I don't know how there's true a lot that of is no well actually now that i now that i'm thinking about he-man it's like two seconds go by before someone feels the need to say some stupid thing uh, <laughs> whereas this one you know you can have a person enter the gundam hangar he looks around it close-ups on his face his eyes shift to the left you get some sort of dramatic noise making and then we see him you know strike a catchphrase so mm-hmm. yeah, i guess i would agree with that they take a or, lot more time in between like, their actions or like just a single long shot 
where you see a submarine just above the water and it pans over and a Gundam is flying at it, but it's not really flying because it's not moving. It's just oriented toward it with lines coming out the back and a, and a whoosh sound. I wonder if that bespeaks kind of a different audience consideration in Western versus Eastern markets. You know, Whatever like, the reason, they spend yeah. a lot of time not doing things. That's true. Yeah, you. Are, I think you are correct there. I, I was skeptical at first, but now that I'm kind of going back in my memory about all the stuff that we did where they just wouldn't relax, I, I kind of see what you mean. Although, I will say, Johnny Quest was very similar. Yeah, long establishing shots. It took its time. Because they were detailed, but they weren't active. And and probably because the mes- a lot of the message was the atmosphere. Yeah. And maybe not so much the actual story. Mm-hmm. And this atmosphere is weird. <laughs> uh, Zane, how do you like the anachronism imagery? Um, because they're always fighting like out at sea or in a jungle or in space. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, I, I don't know. Like, the, or do you mean like one minute they're at high school, the other time they're at a military base, and then they're in robots? That's kind of that kind of is what I meant. Like they're in a fan, they're at a fancy ball, they're at high school, they're in space. There's a ruined temple. It's a 1900s naval carrier. There's a 1920s circus. Like it just, I'm pretty into it. That's oh, the circus really threw me. I'm like, is this a flashback? <laughs> why is this why are we in a circus? <laughs> <laughs> and we're out in the monastery and they're, you know, playing violin together. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm like, I don't remember them meeting. <laughs> oh, that was to establish that violins exist in this world. God, you know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the lore. I don't know if the anachronism goes anywhere other than to just kind of establish this as this is not your Earth, but does a good job of it. Yeah, it, you you get the sense that like, oh, just because technology has moved forward, it's not uniform, right? This is one reason why the colonies or why like in Firefly, the outer planets uh, don't want to be part of that whole thing because technology hasn't come up to them yet. You know, they're still using horses. Right, right. Which, which is something I'm always going to love is... Like, I'm so used to Earth taking place in kind of one era that, like, whenever I, you know, you can call me imperialistic and ethnocentric and, you know, um, I do all those things if you want. But, like, the the, the notion of going to a place where not all the technologies exist and I just have to slow down is appealing to me in a way that, you know, it makes me feel kind of, you know, first world problems. But it's also true. Like... Sure. I'm sure you had the impulse before. Like, I would really like to just ride a horse through the countryside. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, just go for a walk and, you know, turn my brain off. But my brain doesn't seem to want to work that way anymore. No, um, I know. I, I mean, I, I think political, ADD is the newest defense mechanism we have. I think political intrigue is a good setting for this sort of anachronisms because it makes sense. You know, if there's a bunch of different factions, they won't all be technologically equal. And so you'll get... Um, you know, you'll get that sort of interesting mishmash. So like, you know, you look at First World War and you can see pictures of a guy, uh, you know, on a horse with a lance and a gas mask. And you're like, something's not quite right there. Yeah, there, there's something weird going on there. Uh, <laughs> like it, like this is a very particular and important part in history. And it feels like that in the show. They, it feels they like stick- history is happening. I think they commit to it, too. Like maybe everyone talks vaguely the same. Uh, although I did catch a southern accent somewhere, which is great. But, <laughs> you know, you know they, they kind of stick to it with the costumes as well. Most people are wearing military getup. Sometimes they're at fancy balls. There's definitely peasants running around like the casualties of war. I saw a couple people in fezes. Like, 
that they they hold to this. They hold to this idea formal. that we're a, a collection of like a ragtag group of nations. Mm-hmm. And the the idea of that making an alliance as opposed to five pretty boys like a boy band, you know, it's you know, it's kind of like the the power of uh, of uh, unique thinking uh, forming a greater whole. <laughs> I don't quite follow that bit. Eh, who cares? <laughs> like le- like legitimately, who cares? That's fair. Uh, um, there there is a one other thing that I was I wasn't sure if you noticed. Uh, which is that the eyes are a lot bigger for some char- for important characters than they are for smaller for like uh, unimportant characters. Oh, I didn't notice that. Like uh, in all that eye space is relegated to forehead territory. Like the forehead nation attacked and annexed some eye space. Eye space. Ah, uh, man, we're we're just a scant few years away from uh, from a cloud called eye space. Yeah. So the head brown nation. So these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. I, it didn't go any further than that. I just I I feel like they were trying to draw my attention to the main characters. Yeah, it must must have been pretty subtle. I didn't fully notice, but you can tell when somebody's a main character probably because of their hair. My goodness, I only knew the main where, character until I knew that number thing. I knew the characters by their hair. Where did this start? Because I don't remember Kenshiro having radical hair. So sometimes in like the early nineties, is that when Dragon Ball started? Um, it might have I been mean, Dragon Ball. I mean, manga, the manga for Dragon Ball probably started late 80s or something, right? Looking it up. When did big anime hair happen? All right, what do we got? Oh, God, Yugi. Uh, Neon Genesis. That's the one. Man, I, I will say this. this I was spared... This does not do the worst job with character models. I remember hating the character models in Neon Ge- Neon Genesis Evangelion worse. And Zane, have you ever looked at something called Code Geass? I've heard of it. Is that the French one? That is like more plastic, sleek, and like bigger eyes oh, than no, I'm thinking of Code Lyoko. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it's, that. It's real far on the weird spectrum, and all their elbows are like going back, and with their hips thrust forward all the time, and like <laughs> giant long coats that are like twice the size of their bodies. Like it's, <laughs> it is a very, it is a very singular aesthetic. I will say you're, that <laughs> you're really nailing the uh, the visual there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm getting the right thing, Code Geass. Mm-hmm. Let's see here, images. Oh God, it, I really did. Ben, look away. <laughs> I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Your brain is overloading. Come back God, to so come back to mobile suit Gundam wing. Come back to the Gundam. Gundam is life. Gundam is love. Gundam is wing. Uh, Gundam is wing. Zane, let's talk about the intro. Uh, so you you watch the dub, so I think we might be familiar with different intros. Well, let, let, let me make sure that they're the same. Because, I mean, I didn't get a Americanized vocals for the intro. Well, I got a my intro that I saw was a nonsensical sequence of robot fights, but the lyrics to the song were all like lovey dovey, like I I hear your voice and I caress your back and I wish that we could be among the sakura blossoms. Like that's what I saw. Gundam Wing intro opening one. Yeah, it starts with a hero with his hand in front of his face, like a JoJo's character. I I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And I like the I like the panning bow, bow. across the Gundam in the hangar bow, bow. while it's doing some kind of awesome like driving rock beat. 
I'm, pre- I, I I'm love pretty he- into it. I love the heavy synth ra- uh, rock. Oh, it's Every so time good. the main battle music hits with that like synthesizer behind it, just like the heavy arpeggios and then things explode and then the electric guitar comes in. It just Absolutely. It, it tricks me into thinking that more action is happening than is. It reminded me of Stone Protectors for the SNES. A little bit. It's just you, like, if we put more electric guitars in here, they won't realize it's bad. Guys, we don't have enough electric guitars. Let's have the characters wield electric guitars. And when he plays the electric guitar, play two electric guitar sounds. And have it summon lightning, why not? Uh, <laughs> do you realize that the person who was behind, the, the composer for the music in this, not the intro or the endings, but the rest of the music in the show... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get this name right. Ko Otani, the composer for Shadow of the Colossus. I did not realize that. Yeah, and you you can't tell, because they're pretty dissimilar styles of music, but it is very quality, and I'm not surprised. They're both grand. They are grand, yes. Um, I am kind of, I do wish that the intro was just heavy synth rock and, you know, shots of Gundam in the hangars and not kind of jumping into a pop song but just wild beat communication <laughs> what was the, oh man that, that reminds me of how bad the Yu Yu Hakusho one is oh, I, I love that one <laughs> thank you for waking me up true story we could not decide on a good uh, recessional music like the music that plays when you're uh, when you got married and now you have to walk away and i was just like what about that and sh- we were considering it huh what about that the kingdom hearts fits. theme when you I, walk what? away <laughs> i think everyone would have been pretty mad about that i would have been pretty into it what, what did you guys uh, what did you guys end up going with i can't remember i think it was a bowie song that's not that oof too soon <laughs> Too soon in the past, Zane. <laughs> Not at the time. <laughs> <laughs> too late then. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. Uh, uh, no, so yeah, so I, I, I like the uh, I like the intro sound. I don't. I still don't know what it's about. Yeah, I, I, I like precisely ten seconds of the intro before it gets out of the hangar and starts doing a pop song. But up until then, <laughs> perfect. Uh, right out of the hangar. So let's move into the music and sound. Um, yeah, like I said, the the synth and electric guitars are everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty slick. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was it, it does a nice thing of not only including music when they need to, but also just when they feel like it. Yeah, a lot of the scenes where it seems like something is happening, but we're not sure what is happening. Like not when people are talking generally, but when someone is scouting the situation or contemplating. We generally get something pretty good. It it's telling us that something important's happening, so that we can like take down some notes for later. Yeah, like, and, it, <laughs> and it's also just like so that we are. This is another one of those anime tricks, right? They don't actually have to show the animation if enough stuff is dynamic in the shot, uh-huh. and the music yeah. can be one of those things. Um, and that bleeds a little bit, even into scenes where not important things are happening. So like. Every time you go to a military control panel, you get that kind of like hum, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a ton of like military sound effects with sci-fi noises helping them out. Right. Um, like I, you know, that melty sound when a Gundam sword slashes, like. Oh yeah, that one's pretty good. I mean, like the sound design on this is is 
you know, I, I don't know if it's the best mech, mech anime I've seen, but like whenever a gun, it's like classic. The Gundam, the Gundam are not like they're not the coolest mech, but they I believe them when on the screen. Like yeah. I believe that they're doing things that are possible in this world. The details are all additive. Everything adds to this cohesive whole, which. uh you know, it'd be very easy to like have a sound effect that's not quite right and takes away from my sense of this thing as, the, as a huge, dangerous machine. I I really like how the, you know, you know, as somebody who is a little sick of Star Wars at this point, uh, I, I like the lightsaber sound effect, but I think I like the Gundam sla- like energy sword slash better. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it feels hotter. You know, it feels <laughs> it feels like it's cutting something as opposed to just moving like, through I, things yeah exactly yeah which, which is kind agree. of a subtle distinction but i do feel it yeah i mean energy blades are rad um but, i don't know how they're produced via the gundanium but i'm sure there are spreadsheets on it there's no arguing that energy like i don't know like who whoever you are listener if you don't think energy blades are rad you're kind of just wrong there's nothing we can do to help you yeah, Unless we were to take you out into outer space and inject you with Minovsky particles. Or Gundanium. I assume they work the same way. Well, that's an alloy. It's totally different. The way Is it an alloy of hardened Milovsky particles? <laughs> Ooh, Ben, I think we've cracked his cakes wide open. <laughs> Get me an OVA. So yeah, I, I do like all the sound effects. Um, one thing I noticed in particular, they do a lot with... Uh, so when they are doing kind of regular military gunfights, which does happen sometimes, sometimes they're not in the mechs and they still have to pull a pistol or use a machine gun. They, I believe those as well, but I mm-hmm. feel like we get kind of the Wilhelm scream of machine gun fire, both in sound effect and in how it looks on the screen. Yeah, you know, we get clack clack. Yeah, you get the rat tat 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 kind of thing. And also, if anyone's getting shot with machine gun fire, get ready to see a, just a bunch of vertical flashes of light near their person. <laughs> like, yeah, we understand that it's gunfire, but if no one told you it was gunfire, would you have any idea what that was? Well, just because I have that sort of, uh, you know, I have that visual it's iconography in your, it's as in well your as pop the culture reference one. Rolodex, sure. Yeah. But like, it, ju- it legitimately just looks like like little blast of pilot lights coming out of the ground. <laughs> oh no, an invisible man with those light up sneakers is running toward me. <laughs> yeah, how are you to tell the difference? <laughs> Perfectly reasonable. <laughs> they call them shoot. anti-sneakers. Right, because they can float, but you can see them. Right, exactly. That's the trade-off. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Honestly, that's the trade-off with regular shoes. Yeah, I guess that's true. They're comfortable, <laughs> but you can hear them. Um, <laughs> just absolute end of episode there. <laughs> like we got, we got nothing. I I do okay. So one more thing about the dub. It is pretty bad in a way that I feel like is not that subtractive, but it's still very clearly bad. Let me give you an example of a place where it just the the translation absolutely broke down. Like like the dubbers, like the voice actors are not that great. The real problem is in the translation. Um, at one point, there's uh, Relena is talking to someone else named Dorothy, and re- refers to her as Miss Dorothy. Please call me Dorothy, Miss Relena. Very well, and you may call me Relena. But I couldn't. And like all they're doing is taking the Miss away from that, which seems like it should be a big deal given how they're responding. 
but that's not a i don't that's not really how our uh you know th- that's not really how we americans denote honor so it mm-hmm. just kind of totally missed because they didn't we didn't have the same conventions like it's not the same thing as senpai right 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 and that, you know, people just say senpai now, so we get it. Well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have used senpai as the example, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's, there's listen, always senpai. Honor- listen, senpai. Listen, uh, <laughs> senpai. Are you doing the horse thing again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, senpai. <laughs> You've been eating pocky and boba tea for fifty years, and I ain't gonna take it anymore. <laughs> what have we created? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm gonna lay that one entirely at my feet. So, but yeah, in yeah. the, yeah, and you know, the sub doesn't, isn't perfect either. Um, like I said, the, the performances are all really good. I just can't differentiate them. Yeah. There was one in the first couple of episodes where, uh, someone says they're too far from machine gun fire or like, let's get hit them with the machine gun fire. Um, and Zex responds with something to the effect. I'm going to paraphrase here. Something to the effect of no machine guns for them. Shoot them down. Which, you know, like, that doesn't make a lot of sense here in America. It's like, okay, so don't shoot them, but shoot them. And it turns out that the translation was actually, like, misrepresented from not machine gun, but warning shot. So it it would make sense if it was translated right. Yeah. Just like the whole Miss Dorothy as opposed to Dorothy thing would make sense if you, like, included an honorific that actually spoke to American audiences. But it, it just didn't. Yeah, and this wasn't this wasn't of a time when so much anime was coming over here that you had to worry about doing a bad dub. Yeah, I mean, like the, it, it wasn't where their focus was, mm-hmm. and and it didn't really need to be. Uh, which, which, so it's not really that negative a thing, but I did feel the need to call it out as being pretty bad. It, it's kind of strange though, because like we've kind of been going back and forth about like, no, they absolutely care about this. Look at all the lore. And then we get something to like a dub, which is like bad enough that we question whether they cared at all. So it's, is it just an allocation of resources problem? Well, have you ever like worried so hard about a presentation and made sure that you got all the details right and then realize like, I don't know how to explain this on the level of somebody who's completely new to it. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem that I have constantly kind of wrestled with. um, And I feel like that was my best feature as a uh, student teacher as, a, as mm-hmm. a teaching assistant was that i actually knew how to do it right you knew where they were at yeah and well I, I translate all the high-tech jargon jargon that i had in grad school into developable or you know un- understandable things that i could understand yeah you know not as they are explained but as they are perceived and uh, i always found it to be a indis- like the, the the students have told me that that's an indispensable resource so you know, there's there's a lot of value in that, and like, yeah, I, mean, I guess this I, I is mean, just I've, one of those situations. I mean, I've complained about uh, grad school before, but just like, um, you know, doing a big presentation on, you know, this thing where they make you write something down, they make you write up a report, and then you have to present on it, and you're presenting as if they read the report, and no, they didn't. And I feel like this show, if I had read the report, that's the level it assumed that I had. Yeah, I, I get the impression as well uh, that they were that they were speaking to an audience that needed the training in order to get it. Because for a Japanese audience, where the original Gundam revolutionized the media, like this this uh, genre, this is fifteen years of history in one of the most popular, you know, series. And yes, it's a new timeline, but 
if if I was familiar enough with the conventions of the series at the time, I don't think it would be too I don't think it would be too hard a bridge to cross like it is now. Probably not. Probably not. I, I think that they could do it better with modern sensibilities and oh you know, hopefully they wouldn't change the animation that much. I'm sure they would, but there is something good here that relates to it being kind of archaic. Uh, I, I love the anachronism and I love how deep the lore is without needing to be like uh, going back to that video game example if you had this today everything would be explained but it would be explained it would be over explained we would get more than we needed and it would be you know a dialogue happening in front of our (laughs) eyes as opposed to us wondering what it all meant and so, so we would be losing a lot if that happened and relating it back to video games of the era when it came out um if you were expected to understand this you would have an instruction manual that came along with it and yeah. we don't have that. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, so it's it's not quite playing to its strengths, but there there is still a lot that's good there. That you know, that there's there's a reason that this sold in the U.S. in the U.S. markets. There's enough mm-hmm. here that is worthwhile that you can get something out of it, even though I just decided not to. Yeah, a, a good show I don't want to watch anymore. Yep, there there it and is. And honestly, after the first couple of episodes, I kind of resented watching, but I felt like I had to because I like I can't come on here and not be able to explain anything. Yeah, I, I mean, like I, I I got through two episodes and then started going like, okay, it's time for impressions. Like I, I don't really need to think about this anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna I can paint. I can paint you a picture about this show. I can't write you a book. Yeah, <laughs> Gun- Gundam Wing, uh, better. Better hung in the Louvre than in TV Guide or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I ran out of steam. Let's 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 uh, let's wrap this up. Wrapping it up. So I guess uh, I guess we already did wrap it up. Better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was Gundam Wing. We both kind of liked it, and uh, it's interesting in, ple- in pieces. Um, you know, if if you have any suggestions of other mech anime to do that will kind of give us a better breadth on this topic, I definitely am not done watching mech anime. So let us know. Uh, yeah, Zane, what are you doing the after wrong this? Gundam? Uh, so after this, we are going to be watching, um, Clone High, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. Um, and then before or after that, depending on how timing works out, we will be watching. Well, it's getting to be that spooky season again, as our friend Dane Caverns, Dan Caves would put it, our resident horror expert from the Cocktail Party Congress. And he will be stopping by again yes. to discuss Beetlejuice cartoon. I always look forward to this, uh, this annual tradition yes, we've wrought for ourselves. It is, it is my favorite time of year on the yeah. Carton cast. Um, this- I think, <laughs> I honestly think that it might even be better than the Cartoni Awards, blaspheme, I know, but, uh, Dan Caves is a delightful guest and you would be doing yourself a disservice if you did not join along. So become familiar with Beetlejuice, realize about how much of a weird stalker he was in the movie, and uh, let us know what you think about the cartoon. We and you would know. be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't write in a review or comment on... Wh- what do we ask them to do? Comment on each other's friends and share a Facebook? Uh, yeah, say 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 the face, say, their, uh, say Carton cast three times into a mirror. We'll <laughs> appear behind you. We'll hand you a business card. You can write whatever you want on it. Uh, and then that'll be our review. No, what you want to do is go to the cartoncast.com, uh, www.cartoncast.com or fancybat.com for our group website where you can check out other sites on the network. They're all really fun, really good time. If you were wondering what that 50 years eating Pocky thing was about, go ahead and check out Empowered. If not, just check out Empowered anyway, because it's a great show. Um, 
go ahead to our Facebook page uh, and give us a comment in, if you want to talk about Clone High or Beetlejuice, the animated series. And uh, go to iTunes to leave a rating or review for us. And more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. And ask your friends what their experience with Gundam Wing was. Because yeah. if they can explain it in fewer than 100 words, I, I'm pretty impressed. I, I honestly, I'm wondering what other people got out of it. Because I only came to it late in life. And mm-hmm. I really want the perspective of someone who got to it early. As I always do. But more now more than ever. So, like, if you have opinions on Gundam Wing, we still want to know them. And we'll still read them on air. Mm-hmm. So let us know. All right, Zane. Signing off. Do you have a really dramatic, over-explained military plot to take us out of this? No, but I can explain how the history of outros relates to our current, uh, you know, uh, military adventures in the Middle East. Great. So we're always trying to get out of things, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But sometimes we forget that we have to get out of things. All right. Perhaps by using a wing of some sort to fly away like a bird. Right. Keep going. Continue. The the mechs are like are like us. We're the mechs. That was a pretty good. I I feel like that was a pretty good plan. Yep. Uh, and the embassy is probably uh, some way related to the zodiac, which is why we have so much trouble connecting with them because it's more of an eastern iconography than a western so there's a bit of a translational issue there right and the and the particles causing emps is sort of like the sand particles Obviously. clogging up our machines you don't even have to say it it's pretty obvious no the allegory to it for it's further. literally one-to-one The continued assault of the Mega Guardians on Central Municipality strained the resources of the military. The Council of Morpon, under advice from the Scion Brigade, made arrangements to send their best architects on a suicide mission to rebuild the power shields. Meanwhile, Impresario Sven looked after an orphan with amnesia, her elm tree tattoo a clue of her noble lineage. However, time bandits searched to erase friend havers in the future, retroactively destroying any chance they have to find Donganium alloy.